0: Well, good morning, everybody. When I saw the theme for today, loving the Bible, my heart sank. Because I looked at it and realized I was preaching to you lot. Most of you lot, not all I realize, but most of you lot know your Bible. You know you should read it, you know who wrote it and why we should read it. But do we actually do it quite enough as we should? Well, my prayer is that this morning, I don't put you on a guilt trip into thinking, oh no, I've got to read my Bible more. More that God will inspire us this morning to love him more and to grow, to want to grow this love relationship with him every day through communication in his word. It's all about building relationship. Who has seen the film P.S.? I love you. Not so many, it's not that great a film, but it's all right. It's about Holly Kennedy, who's beautiful, smart, and married to the love of her life. A passionate, funny, and impetuous Irishman named Jerry. So when Jerry dies from a brain tumour, Holly is knocked for six, Unsurprisingly, the only one who can help her is the person who's no longer there. Nobody knows Holly better than Jerry. So it's a good thing he planned ahead. Before he died, Jerry wrote Holly a series of letters that will guide her, not only through her grief, but in rediscovering herself and moving on in life. The first message arrives on her 30th birthday in the form of a cake. And in the weeks and months that follow, more letters from Jerry are delivered in surprising ways, each sending her on a new adventure and each signing off in the same way, P.S. I love you. So with Jerry's words as her guide, Holly learns to live a new and better life. Now, we can't say this is the same as us reading the Bible because Jesus is still alive. And we also have the Holy Spirit with us to help us. And Holly didn't have the spirit of Jerry physically with her. But it's similar. The one who knows her the best is guiding her through the written word. And God, who knows us the best, guides us through life, through its ups and downs, through his written word. It's all about relationship. And we'll come back to that later. So what is the Bible and how popular is it nowadays? For some, the Bible seems outdated, irrelevant or downright boring. What can the Bible possibly say to us in the 21st century? Let's watch the first of our Bible clips.
1: In the 18th century, the French philosopher Voltaire predicted that the Bible would become a museum piece within 100 years of his lifetime and replaced by more advanced philosophies. But today, the Bible remains the most popular book in the world. The most successful literary creation of all time. Each year, over 100 million Bibles are sold or given away. The YouVersion Bible app has been downloaded over 200 million times. The Bible is the best-selling book of the year, every year. In fact, it's so popular that it's excluded from weekly best-seller lists. The Bible would be the top seller every single week, week in, week out. Many people would say that the Bible is the most popular book of all time because it's also the most powerful. It has the power to change individuals and to change societies. On her coronation day, the Queen of England was handed a Bible with the words, We present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. The Bible is incredibly precious. The writer of the Psalms describes the Bible as being more precious than gold. In fact, it's so precious that some have even risked their lives to share it with others.
0: So it's massively, massively popular still. 100 million Bibles sold. Let's watch the next clip which tells us about who wrote it.
2: I'm treasure of the revealed word. Not that bit. Over a period of 1600 years, the Bible was written by at least 40 authors, kings, scholars, poor people, philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, historians, teachers, prophets, doctors. They wrote different types of literature such as history, poetry, prophecy, and letters. So the Bible is 100% the work of human authors, but it's also 100% inspired by God. How can that be?
0: So inspired by God, God breathed, that's what it says, all scripture is God breathed, inspired. So what does that mean? Well, think of a building, Bristol train station, for instance, built by laborers, carpenters, metal workers, glass workers, uh, roofers. But it had to have an architect who designed and inspired it. And that, as we know, is Brunel. But he didn't build it. He probably didn't pick up a chisel or a hammer or a piece of glass, but he designed it and it was built by the other workers and that is what the Bible is. Designed by God, inspired by God, written by humans. So why? Why did he write it? Well, now we come to our passage, Psalm 119. It's like a devotion on the word of God. Now, the author was possibly a priest of exemplary piety, a bit like... um, Uh, Tim. (laughs) Um, Passionately devoted to the word of God as the word of life, but humbly acknowledges his failures and is someone who suffered at the hands of those who disregard it. That's the person who wrote it, not you, Tim. Most of the lines are addressed to God as in a prayer, and each line makes up a massive alphabetical acrostic that needs patient, meditative reading. Well, I find it repetitive, not meditative, actually. And when I went, because it seems to say the same thing time and time again for about 100,000 verses, but when I went through the passage for today and found those words such as law, ordinances, precepts, statutes, decrees, well, they basically do mean the same thing. There's different tenses implied. But they are all about God's commands and purposes for us to follow that are found in Scripture. And... If we do them, our life will be blessed. Here's a modern language version. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. Seek him with all your heart, verse 2. Walk in his ways, verse 3. Learn his words, verse 7. And you'll never be put to shame. God's longing to communicate with us as we journey with him And it isn't much good setting out on a journey without a map or an app. We need to make sure we are connecting with him, communicating with him, learning which ways we should go. Pope Francis says we don't blindly seek God and then wait for him to speak to us, because God has already spoken to us. And there's nothing further we need to know that's not being revealed through his word. John's Gospel says, verse 20, chapter 20, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ of God, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. It's no ordinary life, but an abundant high-definition life, which goes on into eternal life. Reading this book builds trust and hope through its promises. It gives guidance when we feel lost. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It points out boundaries when we're going astray. 1 Timothy says the Bible is useful to teach us to do what is right and it corrects us when we do wrong. The word of God gives parenting advice, gives financial advice, it gives comfort when we're down and when we're confused. Watch this clip of how the Holy Spirit uses the words of the Bible to bring comfort to Nicky Gumbel.
2: I think back, for example, to when my father died in 1981. My parents, when, when I became Christian, they were, they were neither of them were churchgoers and they were a bit worried about it. My mother eventually became a committed Christian, but my father really was always a bit um, cautious, I would say, about my faith. And never certainly gave any indication that he had a faith. And so when he died, of course, I missed him. I was, I was very shocked by his death. But, but for me, there was an added ingredient. I was concerned about whether he, he had a faith or not, whether he was a Christian. And about 10 days after he died, I was reading the Bible and I sensed God speaking to me through a verse and it was in Romans 10:13, which says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and I sensed God saying to me through that verse your father did call on me and he was saved and that was so reassuring but at that moment Pippa, my wife, came into the room and she said, I've just been reading a verse, which I think is for your father. It's from Acts two twenty-one, And it says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It was quite extraordinary because that verse only appears twice in the New Testament. She'd read it in one part, I read it in another. And then three days later, we went to this small group where we were studying the Bible and we happened to be studying Romans 10. Particularly, we were looking at verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So like I said, three times in three days, God seemed to have spoken to me through that same verse. But such was my lack of faith that the next morning as I was going to work, I was still worrying about that, that question. And as I got out of the underground, I looked up and there was, on the station, there was this huge great billboard. And on it, it said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 13. I remember saying to a a friend, telling him the story about what had happened. And he said to me, do you think the Lord may be trying to speak to you?
0: It's nice to know that Nikki Gumbel needs it four times as well as many of us. So it brings comfort. The Bible brings comfort. It brings strength to the stressed. I've just been, my husband is on a sabbatical, he's sailing for two months and I joined him for 10 days and I don't really like sailing uh, because I get scared and I was petrified most of the time. So I thought, right, let's just think of some Bible verses to really help me and stop me being stressed. So, you know, my God saves, I'll keep you from the watery depths, Jesus calming the waves, and hundreds more. But you know what? Actually, I couldn't remember any of them. I couldn't remember any talking about water or anything. I was shocked But what I didn't know and what I couldn't remember. I obviously put it down to stress, blocking my memory. But God knows answers to problems, and they can all be found in this book. I can guarantee whatever you think you need in your life you'll find it here and the more you read it the more precious it becomes i've told you before that i once saw my daughter kissing kissing her bible and then a couple of years later at the end of a quiet time i kissed my bible and it does become precious it's precious and it's sweeter than honey that doesn't mean to say there aren't any difficulties with it. Some bits are really hard, even in our passage today. It says if you do what God says, you'll, you will be blameless. You'll fully obey his commands and walk his way all the time. Other passages are plain complicated. Leviticus, Romans 7 to 8, Revelation. I've been reading Joshua and Judges recently and some things are just brutal. They're horrid and not nice to read. Theologians have differing views on contentious passages which makes it harder for us mere mortals. Other times there are contradictions and it's hard to sift out what's important or what's relevant for you. So one tip, con- read a contradiction in the context in which they were written and the type of literature it is. Second tip, when you come to something difficult, treat a It's a bit like a crossword puzzle. So you might get that little bit, so one letter, and then another letter, and another bit which helps you understand the whole thing. So keep reading, keep thinking, keep looking, and generally God will come along by his Holy Spirit and reveal what he's saying to you. You don't have to be an academic scholar. God will reveal things to you in his timing. Just keep reading. Don't let it put you off. God had a plan, central to that plan was Jesus. The Old Testament tells us of this plan. The New Testament shows the outworking of that plan. In the Old Testament we have all the promises about Jesus and then in the New Testament those promises are fulfilled. This book is all about Jesus and how to get to know him and build a relationship with him. So we're back to relationships. What's the best way to get to know someone to build a relationship? Well, it's communication. Spending time with them, isn't it? Peter and I started to go out when we were students. And I wasn't very keen on him, in fact. I only went out with him because somebody said he was off his food and I felt sorry for him. And I've since discovered that wasn't even true. That was one of his friends making it up so that I'd go out with him. Anyway, quite... Soon after that, I went off to do a tour in an American university, and I realised I was missing him, and couldn't wait for his letters. As I pored over those letters time and time again, I learned more and more about him, so that as soon as I got back, I couldn't wait to see him, and when, within a month, whenever he said, I love you, I was able to reciprocate, and I've kept those letters, and they're very precious. Recently, we've been apart again because of this sabbatical, I've been getting anxious about him, but signal for phone and text hasn't been great. But also, I got very frustrated, because I'll send him a very, very big, long text, and I'll get from him, the reply is, wind disappeared, motoring stew tonight. (laughs) And that's it. I wanted to hear from the man I love. I wanted to know his thoughts on feelings, on the things I'd been rambling about in my text. I wanted to communicate with me because I love him. I wanted to read that he loved me. And then, guess what? I came to sit down this morning and there was a little note on my, on the pew where I'm gonna sit. And there was a little note from Peter that he'd sent back with Richard Merriam, who's just been sailing with him. And it's a big long letter. It brought tears to my eyes. I've not even really read it properly yet. So nice. So he does love me after all. So that's good. <laughs> so where am I? That should be the same as us with Jesus. We should be hungry to hear from him. We should be wanted to read the words on the page, wanting to encounter him and hear him speaking directly to us. In fact, every time you read the Bible, expect to encounter Jesus. Jesus is the one we love and who loves you to a completely unimaginable extent. If we fail to see the Bible is about Jesus and relationship with him, then reading it can become really dry, academic, and arid. But once you see it's about learning about him, then it becomes a source of life. Think back to Jesus meeting the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. The first thing Jesus does is to reveal himself through the scriptures. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. The two disciples later described it as they felt their hearts burning within them as he explained the word of God to them. Have you ever felt that? Have you felt your heart burning within you? Have you seen the words from the page jump straight into your heart? that's hungry for God, that's the Holy Spirit really producing in you that desire. I'm not going to give you a big long list of how to read the Bible, because it'll be different for absolutely every one of you. Don't necessarily be over-ambitious, or the opposite, don't make into bit into a habit that becomes a bit of a drudge. Um, Start with small amounts and build up during the morning or the evening, middle of the day. Somewhere you're not distracted. But if you have children, do it where they can see you do it. Demonstrating to them how important it is to you. Use one of the apps. There's Bible in one year, Lectio 365. Anyone got any other good ones, do you want to shout them out? If you're using something that helps you read the Bible, you shout it out now. Word of Life, yeah, I've heard that's good. The U version of the Bible, yeah, that's great. The one you can download, it gives you lots of hints and tips. Any others? There's Daily Lights, there's, there's quite a few others anyway. But there's a lot out there. Just find the one for you. Change things to keep it fresh. Just because you've done one 10 years doesn't mean to say you can't change. Uh, use a different time of day different location, light a candle, read the Bible on your knees. But the most important thing, before you start reading, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate what Jesus is saying to you today, that day. What's God saying? How will it affect my life? Expect to encounter Jesus. Don't read it just because you normally do and you flick through and you finish. Expect Jesus to speak to you. Give him that space. And many of us here should be seeking solid spiritual food in his word. Challenge yourself to take time, effort and determination to seek those deep spiritual truths that can impact your life. Don't stay drinking milk, as it says in 1 Corinthians. And I've always wanted to be one of those people whose faces shine. You know, you can go up to them and they they always have wise and godly advice. I can bet your bottom dollar they spend time reading and studying God's word and have a strong and concrete relationship with him. So do you want your relationship with Jesus to grow? Do you want to fall more in love with him, to encounter him every day? Do you want your heart to burn within you when you hear or read the Word of God? Do you hunger for him? Would you love to be one of those people whose faces shine for him? Well, read this book. Read it. Read it. Read it and strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Grow in love with him. We've got space and time today. Because... I'd like the Holy Spirit to come and release his power to create a desire within us for his word, for God's word. So, if you'd like to, I'd like you to stand. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And we're going to ask for that. That desire for him to create in us more of himself, more of a desire to feed on God's words. So if you want to hold your hands up as if you're receiving something, that would be good, but you don't have to. I'm going to pray that oldest prayer, come, Holy Spirit, come. We ask you now for a supernatural love for the word of the Lord. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, to give us an insatiable desire to feed daily on what you are saying to us, to communicate with you. Come, Holy Spirit, come.